Well, guys, uh, this morning we have Pastor Merle Bramer. Pastor Merle is a, a very good friend and close friend of mine, but he's been on staff here for quite a few years here at Res Life, and uh, Pastor Merle has just got a lot of life experiences. Um, I can call him one of my elders because he is older than I am. I know a lot of you guys aren't older than me. There's a few, but uh, Pastor Merle is one of my elders. So would you please welcome Pastor Merle as he comes to bring the word to us this morning. That is true, Tom. <laughs> These days are flying by pretty fast. <laughs> I just want to commend you guys for coming this morning. I appreciate it. You know, I'm proud of you for every Tuesday morning taking out the time to come. I want to share this morning a story um, a familiar story, but hopefully it speaks to us where we live every day, and it's the story of the woman at the well. And we all know the story. Jesus took this walk, you know, and he sat down, and he was thirsty, and he meets the Samaritan woman, and lo and behold, he asked her for a drink. And he was alone, and she immediately says to him, like, why are you asking me for a drink? You're this Jewish guy. You're not even supposed to be talking to me. And I mean, really, Jesus was reaching out to her like he does to all of us, you know. And, uh, you know, if you know the story, you wonder even what might have been going through her head. You know, is this guy making a pass at me? <laughs> you know, that's where she is coming from. So I'll begin to read a few, um, <clears throat> a few verses. It says, Jesus replied, he said, if you only knew the gift God has for you, and who were speaking to you, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where are you going to get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he is his sons and his animals enjoyed? Now, for her, that's a pretty fair question. This don't make any sense, the story what he's talking about, because he's up here and she's down here, you know. And Jesus replied, he said, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty and become, and will even become fresh, a bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. She says, wow, please, sir, give me some of this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here and get any more water. You know, and then they go on talking a little bit while, you know, how they got the well and about worship and worshiping in spirit and truth. And Jesus said, you know, it's, it's really, it's who you are and it's the way you live that really counts to God. You know, they were talking about this mountain and this and that and all these physical things. But Jesus cuts right to the chase. He said, that really is not the person. You know, it's like all of us, it's a challenge to be honest, to give him ourself, our heart. That's what he wants. And the woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who called is Christ. And when he comes, he'll explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. I mean, it had to blow her mind, you know, what's going on. And, uh, you know, even the disciples come back. And they were shocked, like, why are you talking to this woman? He says, uh, what do you want with her? 
And the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village and tell everyone. And he, she says, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village. Now, you know, the truth is, is that we're all thirsty. We all have needs, legitimate needs, and we all try to meet them. And sometimes we try to meet them on our own. And sometimes we compensate to quench our own thirst. But I think we all know that really only Jesus satisfies and only he fulfills and meets those needs. And the truth was, is she had a legitimate need. She was just going about it the wrong way and looking in the wrong places to meet it. And, uh, you know, for her, maybe another husband. Maybe that'll do it. I mean, she had tried quite a few already. You know, it could be lots of different things, you know, for us. Um, you know, and the enemy, he's a pretty good liar. He's a pretty good deceiver. And he offers us false hope, counterfeits, substitutes, distractions. But in the end of the day, they leave us empty. They leave us thirsty, just like she was. Jesus says, I've come, and you might have life, and life abundant. And, uh, you know, it's like as I read this story, you know, I ask myself, what well am I drinking from? You know, there's so many different wells. And uh, you could say, how am I managing my own emotions, my own beliefs, my own thoughts? Um, you know, emotions, we all have them. They can be good, and they can be bad. You know, the question is, is are my emotions true, or are they false? You know, we all drink from a well, and it's the well of truth that sets us free. And that's really the challenge, is... Is what we're thinking, is the well we're drinking from, is the thoughts, are the decisions we're making based on the truth. And the truth is much more than a bunch of facts. The truth is a relationship with the person who said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And out of that relationship, you know, there's so many, maybe you can put the slide up, there's so many possibilities of wells. You know, you could drink from his grace, his love, his life, his forgiveness, acceptance, hope. I mean, the list could go on and on. Or we can drink from this other well, which, sad to say, probably most of us sometimes drink from another well, which could be hurt could be pride, could be our insecurity, many, many wells. And you get to the point and you ask, like, what is my own identity and what is it wrapped up in? Is it wrapped up in myself and in my works and my money or maybe even my gifts? But only God fulfills 
Only God gives purpose and satisfaction. And we need fresh manna, or you could say in this story, fresh water, every day. You know, I can go get a drink, but a little while from now I need another drink. And that's true spiritually also. And Jesus says very clear in Matthew 10, 39, he said, If you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. When we try to hang on to it, we lose it. And Jesus says, many, many ways, he says, come to me. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke. You know, the question in Isaiah is, is to draw water from the well of salvation. You know, this woman was by this well getting water, and Jesus is offering her spiritual water. Are we drawing spiritual water from the well of salvation every day? You know, he says it another way, Isaiah says. He says, why do you spend your money, your life, your energy, everything you have for things that don't satisfy? Or you could say, why do you drink from wells that leave you thirsty, that don't satisfy? It's a profound question. And I want to kind of like jump and now give us maybe a few answers there are solutions. You know, I think we all know that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Right? Okay, so because we know Jesus and because he's forgiven our sins, what does that make us? Righteous. And what do we sing? My one defense is your righteousness. Right? Because today what's going to happen? The enemy's going to be there to condemn, to accuse, to blame, to shame, but my defense is that no, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. And because I'm righteous, what does that give me? It gives me peace. As soon as I begin to do anything that's off, it affects my peace. I lose my peace. What do I do? I go back to God. I reestablish my relationship with him. Maybe I even need to ask God to forgive me for something so I'm righteous and I have peace with God. And God's Spirit confirms that I'm righteous, that He loves me, that He's for me, that I'm adopted, and on and on. But the third part, you know, it even says that the righteous are bold as a lion, but the wicked flee when no one pursues because God's Spirit is right there bearing witness with my spirit that he's with me, he's for me. Um, you know, and God gets, gives us this peace that you cannot duplicate. That peace is either there or not, and it comes from God, and it's the only place that you can find that kind of peace. You can't drum that kind of peace up. Um, you just know. It affirms that you and God are cool. But the third, the third one Joy, and I would say that these stack righteousness, peace, joy. Not the other way around. You got to be righteous in order to have peace with God. When you have righteousness and peace, He said, I'll give you joy. But the joy one is a little bit harder, you know, to get our hands around or just to explain. Like, there's not some container or some box, you know, where you just go get 
a bunch of joy. I mean, we even, say, we even sing, oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, yeah, that's cool. But do we have the joy of the Lord? And how do we get it? You know, Jesus said himself, it says, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, he despised the shame, and therefore he sat down at the right hand of God the Father. See, joy comes from us obeying God, from doing the right thing. And like the, his story, it wasn't easy. He did not want to necessarily do what he had to do. But there was a side of him that wanted to do it because he knew what was on the other side. See, his obedience brought him to the cross. And, you know, in the Old Testament, Samuel says, obedience is better than sacrifice any day. God sees and God rewards our obedience, even when obedience is not easy, it's not comfortable, but it's always the right thing to do. You know, and like he says when, the, when he comes back from the, with this woman at the well, he said, aren't you thirsty? No, he said, I'm not thirsty. He said, I've been nourished. He says, my meat is to do the Father's will. There's some kind of strength. There's some kind of fulfillment. There's something happens in each one of us when we obey God. Isn't that true? God charges you. God rewards our obedience. And um, I want to read like a tremendous, that you could say, almost a recipe for each one of us. And it's in, it's in John 15. And he says here, he says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. He says, you'll bear much fruit. And he says, you can ask any request you like, and it'll grant it. My true disciples produce much fruit, and this brings great glory to my Father. He says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love, and when you obey me, you obey in my love, just as I obey my Father and remain in his love. And I have told you this, so that you may be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow, and I command you to love each other in the same way I love you. And this is how I measure it. The greatest love is shown when you lay it out in your life. It's almost like you abide, you ask, he answers, you bear fruit, you glorify God when you bring fruit. It's like, it's almost like, that's cool, guy. I'm watching. I see what you're doing. You're abiding in me. Me and you, we're like this. And you love God. And you obey him. And he fills you with joy as you lay down your life for others. What a clear picture, isn't it? It's so clear. What's the deciding factor to me, for me to abide in God and his words to abide in me and for me to live a life of obedience? And as a result, what do I get? Joy. 
Wow. Easier said than done, isn't it? He says it so many different ways. He says it's more blessed to give than to receive. You know, we probably all say that sometimes, don't we? When you're right on the test, <laughs> not always so easy. <laughs> this other well I'd like to drink from sometimes, but it's more blessed to give. You know, God says over and over that he rewards us for the good we do. You know, Pastor Duane quotes this verse, God will make happen for you what you make happen for others. And that's true. And now you could say it another way. What you sow, you reap. So what, what does all this story say to us? Drink from the right well and be careful that you drink only from the right well. And the right well always is the truth. And in order to do that, we need to obey. And as a result, there'll be a lot of blessings. There'll be joy. God will give you strength as he'll be with you. You know, it's like be a servant to your wife, to your kids, to your family. And I have a heart of compassion for others. You know, it says, be kind, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. We could say, be filled with the Spirit. Let the fruit of the Spirit represent who we are every time, every day. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the incredible lesson in the woman at the well. How we can identify ourselves, God, so many times with her hunger, her thirst, and looking to find. And she just did not understand that what she was looking for was found in you and in you alone. God, we love you. We thank you for choosing us, and God, I pray that you encourage each one of us to live that life of righteousness, of peace, and joy, and live in that joy by serving you and by obeying you. And God, I pray that you will cause the joy of the Lord to be our strength as we walk in all the different situations of our lives, putting you first and laying our life down, first of all, for you and for each other. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat>
But, you know, we're looking for joy. That's why the entertainment industry is so popular because people are looking for joy, but is that real joy? That uh, might be just short-lived joy for a season. You might go to a, a movie that's a comedy and you have a few laughs and you have a good time for, for just that time you're watching the movie, but after you, know, you leave, it doesn't last. It kind of fades away, doesn't it? But see, God's joy lasts. And, you know, the key that he touched on, that it's righteousness, it's our right standing with our Father as sons in that right relationship that uh, brings us peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding, which then will produce the fruit of joy. Because joy is a fruit. It's a fruit of the Spirit, right? And uh, you can just even think of a natural apple tree that the tree doesn't have to work to produce the apples, does it? It just, that's just what it does. And so that's what happens in our life is God will produce that, that fruit of joy, that fruit of the Spirit.